Hi everyone, today's topic is on the Great Migration, the Great Migration from Nigeria to Canada, the concerns, the elevation, the progression, the supposed status, the state of the Nigerian economy, the African economic death. I have three guests that I have known for a very long time with me today. Femi Akinfolari, Head of Corporate Strategy, Wema Bank, has been with us here previously, where we talked about banking in Nigeria. And Femi resides in Nigeria, actually. Ade Dayolawi heads the commercial department of Africa World Airlines, a fast-growing regional airline with its base in Accra, Ghana. He lives in Accra. Ifiokaru is an associate lawyer at BDP LLP. And she's currently on secondment to CNOC Petroleum North America as a service contractor and an in-house IP contract specialist. Myself, I'm Bimbola, an energy analyst, sales manager, and a data scientist. And I love spending time with my friends and family when I'm not podcasting. Before I continue, I'd like to acknowledge the support of PaySop Invest, a global financial advisory and wealth management firm based in Germany, France, and Nigeria. If you're looking to create generational wealth and understand how to manage your finances, do contact the PaySop Invest team on their website, paysopinvest.com, and their social media pages. They offer services to individuals and corporate bodies alike. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome you listeners to Empowered by Blue Citron, a podcast where we discuss lifestyle, culture, and more. So, again, the Great Migration. This is an important topic. We see a lot of brain drain happening on the African continent. However, whose fault is that really? Is it the failed states of the African nation? As this has seen youths and able-bodied working populations seeking greener pastures outside of the motherland. I'm gonna start with you, Ifi. You reside in Canada. Why Canada? Back to the question, I would like to believe that people choose Canada as a preferred destination because of Canada's welcoming attitude to migrants. Canada has its express entry provisions where people that come into Canada come in as permanent residents. There's something about coming into a country and you have already have a certain footing. You have an you know that you're you're welcome there when they give you benefits that are ordinarily accorded only to citizens. The only difference between the permanent resident and the citizen is basically that you do not have the right to vote. But apart from that, when you come into Canada, immediately you come into Canada, you, you feel warm, you feel loved and welcomed. And you know that within a very short time, you get qualified to be a citizen. Um, students also that come into Canada, they have a very fast track coming citizens and um, permanent residents and citizens and i believe that this sense of assuredness that once you come in you're welcome and you can integrate yourself into society quickly makes people choose canada as a preferred destination right okay thank you Ife. so um basically it's that um does that relate to 
specific basic human needs because it's not all about just you know uh, a nicer migration option you know and you're treated as Canadians even though if one doesn't have the the citizenship the passport just yet but you have the same rights the only difference is you cannot vote right but is, is that what is missing from Nigeria that has made you as an example move to Canada then well in Nigeria, in a lot, of, a lot, a lot of situations in Nigeria, for a lot of people, people put in a lot of effort, but they don't see the des- desired results. Right. Uh, yes, Nigeria has some issues. Like, um, definitely, most people feel that before you can get a good job or get to a certain position, you must know certain people. So you have mm-hmm. people that qualify for positions that don't get there. So they, Nigeria may not actually be acknowledging the talents they have and it can lead to a level of frustration. People know what they can do, people know what they can offer to society, but they are not allowed to get in there. Meanwhile, people that don't have as much talent and cannot contribute as much are given that opportunity. Um, nobody would want to be in a situation where they are, where they are disfavored or unacknowledged. and sometimes this can lead to people leaving to better to places where they feel welcomed and their talents are you know can be discovered and um, built upon so for me i think i wasn't having access to the kind of opportunities i wanted and, and what i felt i could do in the first instance and also and in the second instance i wanted to live in a place where i feel secure and comfortable where my children who feel secure and they can they they know and they believe they can be anything they want to be as long as they put in the required efforts right 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 interesting and um if i hear you and i do agree with you on the importance of uh being in a place where you can be anything you want to be uh, i was in cape town a week and a half ago or two weeks ago now um yeah, a week and a half ago, and I met a young guy at the conference uh, that I attended. Um, he looked at my name and he said, oh, you're, you're a speaker. I said, yes. And he said, uh, you're Nigerian as well. I said, yes. And I looked at his name and his company. I said, oh, interesting company. Never heard of you. Uh, and he laughed. He said, yes, because that's my personal company. This guy would not be more than, I may be wrong because obviously, black people we don't age <laughs> he may <laughs> it may just be even 30 but this guy can pass for 24 25 to be to be fair and uh told me that was his personal company although he works for the city of cape town right which is the government but he's a geospatial uh expert and then i said to him geophysicist they said no geospatial i said okay that's interesting and then I said to him, so why are you doing this in Nigeria or are you offering your services in Nigeria and all of that? And he said, well, if he gets work, then yes, he would do so. But he lives in Cape Town. I actually thought he had come in from Nigeria. I said, no, I live in Cape Town and I work for uh, the city of Cape Town, which is with the government. I said, okay, interesting. And then he said something interesting. He said, I wouldn't get to even come to this event if I was living in Nigeria. And then I was taken aback. And I said, why? He said, because back home, you never get the opportunity. If you really want to be something, if you really want to grow, you have to get out of the country. 
I mean, I felt a bit of like a gut punch. Do you understand? Because I am Nigerian. I um, he is as well, <laughs> and um, we 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 tend to want to celebrate where we come from. But then when we also see that people don't necessarily get opportunity back home, it, it is quite sad. And that takes me to my next question, uh, which is, you know, why did you leave? But before I come to you, Ify, let me pivot this to Dayo, because Dayo is in Accra and he's heading an important department uh, of an important industry. Dayo, why did you leave Nigeria? Was it because your work took you there or, or you just thought, you know what, Ghana is better in terms of, you know, maybe economically, I don't know, or maybe there's a better quality of life. I, I don't know. So w- why did you leave Nigeria, Dayo? Um, thank you very much, Rainbow. Um, hello, everyone again. Uh, so that's a very, very big question for me to answer. Why did I leave? Um, so it's, I'll answer this in two forms. Uh, the first one, um, working for a global industry, I work in the aviation sector. Um, I'd always realized that, um, okay, let me put it this way. Um, when I started my career in the aviation sector, I would see this dichotomy where locals are paid this amount of money and foreigners are paid as experts. So it had always been clear to me that, you know what, uh, you need to actually get to get to a certain level. You need to start to earn in foreign currency yeah. and you need to become an expert. Uh, hmm. So when the opportunity came, uh, so even long before I even finally got the job in Accra, I yeah. had been looking for opportunities outside of the country within the aviation space. Uh, you're taking me to interviews in Qatar, Dubai, and different places. Uh, But I think it wasn't just the right time yet. Uh, So when the opportunity in Ghana came up, uh, I was quite excited about it. And of course, like every new thing, you never really know what it brings, you know, so. That's true. I I took the the step. Uh, I didn't go in with both my feet. I left my family in Lagos. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was doing the shuttle. Until I remember like six months into it and I went on a trip home and I came back to Ghana, got out of the airport and I was like, huh, it's good to be home. And that day I pinched myself. Are you now saying Ghana is home to you? <laughs> hmm. Anyway, wow. fast forward three months later, I moved the family. And that, right. you know, just tells you it was, it was, I brought, I brought my family in to visit sometime. I bought a ticket for them for 10 days. And the kids kept impressing on me that they changed their ticket. We want to spend more time. And they ended up spending a month. Why? Hmm. Because things were just saying it just mm. using that word things were just a bit saying now you know what yeah. it's like living in fast-paced lagos Femi, sorry yeah. about that you know what it's like <laughs> living in fast-paced lagos and all of that and just the fact that you could predict things the predictability of everything you know it's um when systems work it just yeah. you know people just get drawn to it and that is actually the problem with why I feel a lot of people are leaving Nigeria. So, you know, some of them, like myself, would maybe started off with getting a job opportunity economic-wise, you know, you just want something yeah. better for yourself. And at the end of the day, you just start to wonder, why do I have to spend so much money in Lagos and not get value for what I'm spending? Yes. You know, you know so yes. that's, that, that's it for me. That's why I'm here today. I don't know what tomorrow holds, um, mm. but that's what today says. Thank you. Thank you, Dayo. That's a really 
uh, deep. Uh, just like you say, <laughs> you got to Accra and you were like, oh, I'm home. And then you had that feeling like, ah, is Ghana now home? You know, so yeah, these are things. These are things one needs to, to, to think through when, as you say, predictability of things, because back in Nigeria, it's not there. Ah, it's, um, it can be mind blowing. But Ify, you mentioned something, you said, you know, you wanted your family, your children to be at a place where, you know, they can be something and be appreciated for that thing. So thinking about things, was that why you left Nigeria? Thank you, Bimbo. Yes, I would say to a large extent, that was the reason why I left Nigeria. Right. Um, to have to have my children have that certainty that they can be whatever they want to be, and also have a very good quality of education, which I believe Canada affords. Um, when I was leaving Nigeria, I was leaving with cold feet because you know going to a new country, going at the same time with your kids, and you know, moving at everybody at once, turning their life around. You know, from having so many relatives around them to having no relatives. Yeah. no family and trying to make new friends new schools and everything it was quite of a challenge and an adventure at the same time yeah i believe life is what you make of it so yes it was something that i set out my heart to do but at the same time i weighed the risk i knew that oh going to canada in the first instance, you know, you have to have this amount of money to sustain you for a certain period of time. You have to start looking for a job immediately, you know, start studying and doing everything at the same time, everything you want to achieve, try and start implementing them all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Whilst, while still having that fallback that if finally things don't work out, I always have where I'm coming from, like I'm yeah. back to. So yeah. yeah. It was, it was quite an adventure, I would say, but I was happy that, you know, coming to Canada, my dreams, what I imagined it to be was, was actually came into fruition. And yeah. It and was, it's been good for you since yes, then. It really did, yes. It okay, really has fantastic. Been. And how long have you been in Canada now? I've been in Canada for three years and three months. So three years plus, right. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. And um, well, thank you, Ifi. So there's something that Dio mentioned, the system works, predictability of things. I just, I, I love those two, predictability of things, system works. You know, uh, for as long as I've known Nigeria, you know, as a kid growing up, oh, Nigeria's the giant of Africa, giant of Africa. But then Dio goes to Accra and things work, system works. So is Nigeria really a giant of Africa? You know, what does the future hold? Even the near future, literally tomorrow, next tomorrow, next week, two weeks time, next month, next year. What does the future hold for the Nigerian youth? Femi, this is where I bring you in because you live in Nigeria, so we want to hear from you. Well, um, Bimbo, I sort of have a different view. I would approach it from a different perspective. So I, I first started living outside Nigeria and then came okay. back to Nigeria. So um, I feel that, yes, there are good reasons for not living in Nigeria, 
but might disagree a bit with some of the reasons uh, I've heard so far. So I will okay. give you three reasons I agree with. Security. Um, insecurity is very high. Uh, you, you've got a number of incidences. You've got a lot of flashpoints. ETC. Yeah. Opportunities. Uh, opportunities are also good, but I, I'm not sure I agree with that opportunity thing. Uh, let me explain it this way. I've got a couple of friends who uh, just finished their masters in the UK. They've been searching for jobs for a while now. So you've got a huge entourage of Nigerians in the UK who do um, uh, what is what? What's the word for all this really um, bad paid uh, menial jobs? Jobs, menial jobs. jobs. Yeah. Yes. So I feel that yes, there is opportunity, but really, there's opportunity for well-educated Nigerians. And okay. it's not all Nigerians that are well educated in that way. So there are two two key reasons why Nigerians run away. It is because sorry, sorry I use the word run away. But I was just about to call you out on that. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies for that. Uh, it's because you're looking for greener pastures, for example. Then great opportunities, great schools for your kids, um, etc. Uh, you're trying to avoid the insecurity we have here. Uh, I lived in Amsterdam for a few years. I lived in the Middle East also. And honestly, great places, but what did I miss the most? I missed being around Nigerians. There's just something about us. There's a vibrancy, there's a love, there's hilarity that you find in a Nigerian community. So uh, I lived in Amsterdam in, in the same address for two years and I never met my neighbor or got to speak to my neighbor. So I feel that for the first part of answering my question, I would say there are good reasons for leaving Nigeria, but also there are great things about Nigeria, really absolutely amazing things about Nigeria. So that's the first part. When we speak to the future, I will then, uh, I might be a bit more bleak because okay. Over the last two years, things have changed a bit. Um, I came to Nigeria. In, I came back to Nigeria in two thousand and nine because I was in a class in Boston, right? And my lecturer from Colombia, who I absolutely loved, said to me, "This is the best time to move back to Nigeria." He was teaching a class around home offices, creating home offices for the wealthy. And it was like, Nigeria has a lot of wealth. There's this, there's that. There's a whole diaspora moving back. Uh, and I think there was a diaspora moving back um, after the Buhari, uh, sorry, the Obasanjo administration came back into power and the civilian era started and there were lots of new opportunities in there. What has changed over the last, I don't know, maybe 10 years is insecurity has gotten so much worse so much worse right. unemployment has gotten so much worse that's three percent youth unemployment is unsustainable uh so those are key things that the government has not been able to do anything around but on the flip side there is something i also believe in which is the nigerian spirit so what has changed in nigeria now is the youth are no longer waiting for government to to give them jobs they are on social media creating jobs 24 7. they're doing fashion 
they're doing um, entertainment, they're creating content. So what you just what, what what has happened now is not everybody can move away. Therefore, the people who are staying are having to be extremely creative about creating the opportunities for themselves, and then also uh, insecurity. So around insecurity, I have been I've been back in Nigeria for ten years. I've never been robbed. I was robbed last year, uh, and it was sorry. I was robbed earlier this year, and it sort of created a new perception for me. It scared me. And what did I do? I got a taser because in Nigeria you're not allowed to have um, guns or any of those things. So I got a taser, and now I always have that in the car. So what I'm trying to say is, we're creative. When there's a problem, we try to face it in whatever way we can. And if there's an opportunity to move, we might move. But still, for the people here, we're finding a way to survive day in, day out. So the future is, I, I don't think the future is too big. But there are really, really big problems that we need to solve. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Femi. Thank you. I think that's really succinct with uh, most of what you have, you know, the way you've put a, a, a rather uh, wide uh, uh, view of what the future may hold uh, in, in, in Nigeria or to the Nigerian youth. And I hear you. I hear you about the Nigerian youth, you know, doing things and not waiting for the government anymore. And this is the thing, you see. I, I also hear you about the, the, the hilarity of the Nigerians and also missing nigerians or missing just fun loving people around you when you happen to live in the west i know this for sure because i i i mean i do live in the west myself so it's a case of where do you live as well if you're in london i always call london an extension of lagos but also when we say nigeria we tend to blanket nigeria sometimes as lagos nigeria is a whole lot bigger than than um than than lagos but of course the insecurity as you mentioned this is something that we have heard or we also do see uh you know in the media and also from people that we know or have you know from the country within the northern side we see what's been going on uh, within that region and all of that so it's it's mind-blowing and uh, it's uh, it's scary at the same time and at the same time you also look at the resilience of the average nigerian out there and is it because the the government has failed its people so much that the people have had to put things in order for themselves uh, on a good day people are expected to the, the the reason the government is there is because the government is employed by the people so if the government is not doing what the people have employed them to do but rather they are lining you know their pockets or so you know with uh <laughs> with the funds that is meant for the people then it's it, you start to wonder and this then goes back to the system working as Dio mentioned and also as Ifi has mentioned, for Canada, which is why people are migrating. Of course, we're really talking about, you know, again, it goes back to migration to Canada because Nigerians are migrating in droves to a lot of countries, but Canada stands out. And why, again, goes back to what Ifi mentioned to us, what Canada is offering is really juicy. It's like getting excuse me it's like getting a job offer you're working somewhere and then you know another offer is so juicy you can't afford to say no 
you know, Canada makes you feel welcome. That's not the same for most European countries, to be honest. You know, um, <laughs> European countries, you will earn their citizenship. You will earn it with sweat. I'm not saying Canada dishes out their citizenship, you know, as as they please. No, you also have to, you know, you you, you need to follow you, you need to follow the law. You need to follow the rules and all of that. And you would you will be treated equally uh, as anybody else, you know. So that said, Femi, you mentioned returning back home. Now, how can change be implemented in Africa? Because it's not just Nigerians that are immigrating. So people are immigrating from from everywhere. Uh, uh, from 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 a lot of African nations to the West because they think the West is heaven, <laughs> and it really is not. Uh, especially for those of us that live there, we do know that. So, how can change be implemented in Africa to help diasporans return if and when they want to? Let me take this question again: How can change be implemented in Africa to help the diasporans return? if and when they want to because it's not everyone that wants to return i have friends that are not interested in returning back to or ghana or wherever you know their route is yeah so dio how how, how can change be implemented here oh well so implementing change um so maybe i should first put this question to you um who is asking this? Is this from the citizens in diaspora, you know, who want to come back? They're the ones saying, you know, this is what we would like to see before we would consider coming back. Or is this a leader in Nigeria thinking, what can I actually do to make my people want to come back? You know, so you get, you get my point, Bimbo. Yeah, yes. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I would like to look at it. If, if it's based on what the people want, you know, the truth is, the average Nigerian doesn't really ask for much. Uh, the average African indeed doesn't really ask for much. You know, Femi mentioned the fact that, you know, there are still things to live for in Nigeria and in Africa. And that is just the basic truth, you know. It's yeah. just these little sore points that just stand out. Uh, you know, basic things, like you said, systems that work. Uh, <laughs> living in Lagos, I, you know, I was my own local government. Mm-hmm. When I say that, meaning I had to provide portable water to drink in my home i had to provide electricity you know i would have a generator i would run diesel i had inverter i had solar you know when you look at all of these things that you put in place these are the things that actually stifle people that make people think like why do i have to work so hard make all the money and then spend it what people just want is that basic lifestyle where you know you get value for money yeah so and the truth is to get all of this in my opinion is just lack of leadership yes when you look at the dubai today and you read the dubai story it was just the leader who was able to think into the future and say what can we make of ourselves you know we have no accountability in the system people are just there to want to amass wealth for themselves you, you, you know, today, you know, we have all the leaders taking monies, loans from different places, and there's still no change. You know, so for me, the only way change can be implemented is for visionary leadership that is able to provide your basic amenities for people, where you know you have all that you need to just live a good life. 
I'm not mm. even saying live an expensive life, you know, just to live a good life. Yeah. That's what people really want for. You want a system whereby, you know, I put in 10 kobo and I get back my returns. You yeah. want a system where things are stable. Uh, I don't even want to start going to the, you know, uh, valuation of the currency at this moment. Oh, you yeah. Know, I, I, I know people <laughs> who took hard-end monies from abroad, took mm-hmm. out loans, come and buy properties in Nigeria, and hoping that, well, well, whatever mortgage I'm taking out of here, 4%, I take that money, bring it into Nigeria. And now they are paying through their noses because yes. things have just, you know, the, 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 the currency has just gone upside down. You know, so these are the things that people face. You just want some level of stability. Mm-hmm. You know, you want some level of stability where you are sure that, you know, I am working and I am having living a good life. The truth is, you only live once. You know, that's a slogan mm-hmm. we now all push about. You're, you only live once. So everybody mm-hmm. wants to make the best of that life that they get to live. Nigeria, you mentioned Nigeria being the giant of Africa. To be candid, my, my opinion, I think that's just living an old glory. A mm-hmm. lot of countries have left us behind. <laughs> a lot so of true. countries have, have left Nigeria behind. Yes, so true. we have the resources, we have the human capital, but mm-hmm. we have not been able to unless all of those things to make the best of it. So I'll still call that. We need good leadership who will be able to provide the basic amenities that people need and then equity and justice. You know, you have sacred cows in Nigeria. Well, they're everywhere in the world, but in Nigeria, some people are better than others. Some lives are worse. <laughs> you know, that's just what it is. That's why people leave school, and if you don't know anybody, you just can't get anything done. You know, uh, like Femi said, there are still a lot of opportunities in the country. But the truth is, yeah. for the average man on the street, can they actually get those opportunities? That's why, you know, that can do spirit that we talk about. The fact that Nigerians adapt easily. So you see mm-hmm. them go into a different economy where things work and they thrive. And they thrive. Yeah. And they thrive. You know, because <laughs> things work. The enabling yeah. environment is there for them. You know, that so for true. me, that's what it is. It's about creating that enabling environment where things can work. And then you will be shocked that we have brains everywhere in the world. As in, I'm well-traveled because of my industry. And I've mm-hmm. met people in, in the O's of the world, different places. You will mm-hmm. find Nigerians there. We are everywhere. Yeah. That on, is so on, true. Even within, Af- even within Africa. Yeah. But one of my strategies when I go to write my business plans to start a new route is to go to the spare parts market. I mm-hmm. tell you within five minutes, I'll find a new guy. Wow. It's everywhere wow. in Kinshasa, in Banjo. This has worked for me in Nairobi. We are everywhere, mm-hmm. enterprising. We just want an enabling environment. So I hope that answers your question. Thank you, Dio. Thank you. It's, yeah, it, it, it answers the question. And um, I hope everyone that gets to listen to this po- podcast can, um, you know, learn a thing or two from that. Uh, but most importantly, I hope the African leaders, especially the Nigerian leaders, people in power, I hope they're listening to this because this is the same voice, regardless of where you go. It's the same voice. You know, everyone is saying we want an enabling environment. We want an enabling environment. Security, you know, education, great education, not just having four walls of a university where the kids, uh, the, the graduates comes, they, they come out, they get, they graduate and one, maybe they can't even get a job. Two, maybe they were not even, you know, well-baked graduates, you know, half-baked graduates, basically. So the enabling environment is important. Equity and justice, as it says, and leadership, accountability, super important. 
you talk about leadership I, with accountability it's not this is not even just to the leaders but this is to everyone um my experience my life in in norway uh something i am in the energy space energy sector and something occurred to me over my years in norway is the reason why uh this people or the government maybe of of norway had been able to literally ensure that the the resource the the funds the revenue they get from their hydrocarbon which is oil and gas um uh, is not wasted was they created a fund so in nigeria there was a petroleum trust fund god knows what 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 that is about today i i don't even know but norway had been able to create this um uh uh trust fund which they've been using to invest in every face of the earth they own the choiciest properties or real estates in in the UK that I can say for sure and also in some uh, some social major giant social media of 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 the world so and, and um Bimbo, how I yeah. so, sorry yeah. to interrupt the Go ahead, fund yeah. they created had a yes. legal framework around it which says yes. something like you can't touch the principal the fund has to return this amount of money yes. every year and then you have to invest that money in certain services for the exactly. people of the country so exactly. there was a law that backed everything up that to the exactly exactly you're right we are 1000 correct and what it is also is also again living amongst them i saw the way these people were to be fair look corruption is everywhere it's it's just on different levels you know so a lot of people say oh nigeria is so corrupt oh my god angola is so corrupt oh brazil is corrupt and all the corruption is everywhere but it's on different levels right what i saw or what i've seen in in norway's people are actually quite content with what they have and why are they so because the system also works so there wasn't a case of maybe some corrupt leader somewhere you know is trying to change something within the law to basically suit themselves and then they dip their hands into the fund which <laughs> may be what has happened in Nigeria I don't know uh, you know whoever is listening don't quote me because I don't know so I'm not going to you know spend time saying what I'm not sure of um but you know the hydrocarbons of any country belongs to the people and as as femi said you know the legal terms that are backed you know for norway backs the 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 oil fund why am i using that as an example is because norway was one of the poorest if not the poorest country in europe for a very long time until they found oil so now every country wants to you know use the norwegian model to learn when i say every country i mean every oil producing country or every country that has discovered oil or gas No one is interested in learning from Nigeria because Nigeria hasn't they haven't done what you know needs to be done you know it's 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 sad because when you look at Dubai a desert as Dio said you know he's been everywhere look at Dubai a desert turned into what it is today I mean Dubai is not everybody's cup of tea. I've I I have friends who don't like Dubai because they feel it's artificial. They're looking for something natural. But what I try to tell them it's more than your feeling of you know you want something natural. If you want something natural, please fly down to Africa. We have loads of na- loads of nature there. Go to Latin America. Go to go to to the to the far east. You would you would get a lot of nature there. 
you know you get a lot of things that have history go to rome you you find you know a lot of things there but what i'm trying to say to them is listen something grew out of a desert because of the foresight of a leader so this now takes me back to one question that i have that i'm going to put around the table and i'm going to start with you ifi is there a fear that one day we will become tenants in our own home let me explain let me explain before any one of you goes yeah especially if because i'm putting this to if you first we are again we're looking for an enabling environment we're looking for a system that works because nothing works in nigeria a lot of things don't work maybe a few things work but majority does not work there's no predictability of things the challenges are there the leadership oh let's not even begin yeah however there are people coming in droves not just to nigeria to other african countries right and making investments buying our lands yeah i will leave it at that but that's just for you to know that there are people companies countries coming into africa because they do know africa is yeah resourceful the people are there the resources there the most stunning continent ever unfortunately the people that own the land don't seem to know what to do with it yeah the great migration is happening people are leaving going to canada and to other places because we are looking for something that would work for us the basic human needs that our leaders can give to us but is there that fear that one day we will come back home and home just wouldn't be there ifi your thoughts on that thank you bimbo um first of all i would like to say that when we refer to home i personally feel that wherever i am comfortable wherever i feel welcome wherever i find my peace in is home to me so um i'm not going to say that my country of origin is necessarily my home it's just my country of origin and my home is where i want to make it to be okay so returning back to my country of origin the fear that if i return back to my country of origin i'll be a tenant there yes that can possibly happen in the long run if other people that find more value or more benefits in my country of origin have literally overrun it however if i decide that oh my new home or a place that i call home if i decide in the long run to you know or if nigerians decide to overrun that place in place and there's like cross migration somebody likes your own country of origin and you like another person's country of origin and you make that home and overrun that person's country I'm playing the devil's advocate here but I just feel that humans human beings spread across the world by migration right and people yes. come to a particular place and populated the place and called the place their country of origin correct became home to them right and if and if at a certain point in time other people find seem to find value there and you find value somewhere else <laughs> it's home to you and you've overrun somebody else's country right and as long as you're thriving and doing well there I really don't see this if I don't I don't see any big like life changing disaster in that scenario. However, okay. in if 
if Nigerians decide to go back to their country of origin, I feel they'll always be welcome because they, they know their roots, right? They weren't, it weren't that, it's not, it's not as if they were taken away maybe through slavery to a place they did not know and the true generations they lost contact with their family background and their you know family home they know their roots already so if they always if they go back to visit their country of origin if they go back you know to live there and establish they'll get one or two things set set in there if they feel they have if they have the desire to do that or if the country has offers them you know, a conducive atmosphere to do what they want to do at any period of time i believe that they can always go back because nigeria is an accommodating country whenever i mean most times though if you go back home you know you always see people back if you go to your villages you see people that you can always relate with so i really don't have that fear of being tenant in my own home in my my country of origin (laughs) thank you Mm. okay thank you thank you um yeah the the i'm trying to say the best okay i'm gonna listen to everyone before (laughs) before i say anything uh dio is there a fear that we will become tenants in our own home in your view again i mean if she has given uh, given us her her own view um yeah let's hear yours yeah thank you thank you very much and i appreciate where he's coming from um i think i also know where bimbo is coming from on this question (laughs) I'll give you an example. I know recently uh, the president of the country where I reside uh, took a hundred year term loan, meaning they would not need to pay back in hundred years. So meaning you are mortgaging the future of your children, you know, and when leaders get to the point where they are just all about the now, uh, you know, some people will argue that, yes, if you're a futuristic person and if they need to develop infrastructure, uh, and they need to find these monies one way or the other, you know, then they need to find the money if they're unable to, you know, raise the money locally. But while doing that, do you have to mortgage the future of the country? Do you have to mortgage the future of the youths? And that's the, the problem where, you know, where we're facing this possibility that one day, you know, just one day, we might just become tenants in our own homes uh, because it's still lack of leadership. Yes. It's still lack of leadership, lack of visionary leadership, you know, where we cannot be ingenious to be able to, uh, where we cannot be ingenious enough to come up with ways to be able to develop the country to the way we want it to be, where we cannot be disciplined enough to be able to get things in place and make things work. You know, unfortunately, we 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 blame the leaders, but we also need to know that the the, the leaders are a product of, of the followers. You know, that so is correct. It's it's yeah. it still comes down to all of us. It comes down to all of us. We have leaders today who fly out and visit places all around the world, but then they come back to their country and then they don't care. You know, it's mm. it's sad that our leaders will have to go for medical <laughs> medical. Um, um, you know what, Dario? I, f- I find that despicable. You I'm know, sorry. You know, and, I find it despicable. And you, and you go into the budget of that same country and they've put yeah. millions of dollars for the healthcare system that doesn't get, you know, doesn't get um, implemented. So exactly. the truth is, if, if things don't change very, very soon, um, hmm. it, we, we will not continue to have a country. That's my opinion. 
we will not the all of the continent of africa might just not be there for us uh because we cannot wait we cannot just sit back and think that things will change hope is not a strategy hope is not a strategy we need to sort that out you know so for me it's a very very big possibility something that can happen and we just hope for the best thank you wow thanks dio femi your thoughts on this is there a fear that we will become tenants in our own home you guys will notice that i've actually had to <laughs> repeat this question over and over again because i'm i'm trying to put it not just in my own brain but whoever listens to this especially nigerians most especially africans this is something we need to start thinking about because we have leaders who don't they don't give to excuse my french they don't they don't care femi over to you well i'm going to talk about it from a different angle and and let me let me explain my thinking so dio dio has raised a number of interesting points which is very true uh you spoke about the norwegian um oil farm and and um, if you also mentioned a few other things when when i heard you guys talking i started to really think about it and i sort of tried to approach it across africa rather than nigeria I tried to think of a an African country that was large and did not have problems and I couldn't really think of one one of the of the best African countries black African countries sub-saharan African countries for me was Ethiopia mm-hmm. 2 years ago their president won the Nobel prize peace prize and yeah. today is battlefront leading leading the army against other parts of his country uh i think about south africa the current yeah. president is a businessman he's a proper businessman he's created businesses he's led companies he's worked in diverse industries and south africa is going through one of the worst economic times um that they've seen um in a while and then when i come back to nigeria of course it, it's our, our situation is a mess so i start to agree with dio that yes maybe i don't think we will become tenants in our country but if leadership doesn't change if leadership doesn't become different from what we've seen so far it might become a situation where we have um we don't have anything to to live for in our countries anymore and everybody just flees for other countries for example if you one of the key things that has started over the last 10 years is nigerians are now okay with trying to use um to reach europe through libya libya is a country at war and we're okay with that we're that desperate to leave nigeria that will go all the way up by road not flights or anything by road taking oh, all wow. the risks and you know go all the way up and so yes i'm worried one but the other thing i want to also point out is 
Nigeria's problems did not start today. True. Let, yeah. let me paint a picture with um, youth unemployment. So since maybe when Nigeria was created, and I'm not I'm not trying to focus on a particular part of Nigeria to make my point. It's just that this is the best way to make it. In the north, you have the Almagiri educational system. This system says um, at a certain age, you will take your children, put them with Quranic scholars who will teach them Quranic education, right? Now, when you put them with this Quranic um, scholars, those guys will teach them, right? But then they will also teach them how to beg. They will beg and that's how they feed themselves. At the end right. of the day, they are learning two things. They're learning how to beg and granite instructions. When it is time to then become a productive member of society, they don't have the skills, they don't have the tools, they're not able to uh, get a proper job, right? How do they contribute purposefully? They can't unless they go to farming. They can't. So you have a situation that has developed over the last 30, 40 years. And our leadership has never, ever really tried to focus on that. So you had presidents as far back as who won. You had presidents as far back as Motala Mohammed. And none of them did anything about this. We discovered crude oil way back in the 1960s, late 1960s, right? We never tried to create a fund. We never put a structure in place. The the underlying regulation that we used to regulate our um, petroleum was put in place in the 1970s. It was never updated until last year. So it is about the leaders. It is that we creating and putting in place the world's worst leaders. If we can get leadership right at all levels, so it's not just the president. It is the local local government chairman. It is the state house of reps. It is the governors in every state. I mean, mm-hmm. in Nigeria, the worst state in the world when it comes yeah. to transportation and road network is Abia State. That are horrendous, and that is in the southeast. It's not in the mm-hmm. north. So my 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 conclusion here is, hopefully, we will not become tenants. But hey, if we keep voting for the worst leaders possible across every level, we might find ourselves in that situation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Um, you have all said really poignant, um, important, uh, in you know, points. Basically, you've made important points, and it's something for us to sit back, go back to the drawing board influence people in a very positive way and see how we can make things work you know i hear ife's views and i hear you dayo i hear you femi um yeah my concerns i i mean i i don't live in nigeria myself um i sort of spend my time between uh, the uk and norway these days um do i want to come back home at some point i feel like i want to 
uh, a story that I tell a lot of people, especially Ugandans, when they hear me is my first time in Uganda. I went to do uh, some presentation uh, for the Petroleum Commission in Uganda and the, and the ministry there, together with my colleague, who was in at the time, this was in 2016. And he was at the time probably 54. I don't know. Yeah, obviously he's no longer 54 now, but he's no longer my colleague as well. He's moved on. We got to Uganda. I stepped out of the plane and I was like, wow, where is this place? What is this place? I felt an instant peace and I felt at home. I was still at the airport. And then I, I said to Henrik, my colleague at the time, I said, Henrik, this is beautiful and different this is amazing and he goes bim welcome to the pearl of africa and then i looked at him i was like what did you say he said well we call it pearl of africa i said oh yeah i'm sure you all do <laughs> he got the gist and we both laughed what am i trying to say here is our continent is so beautiful and the people that are coming in and buying the lands they know that not only is it beautiful we have the resources, we have everything, but we have not done anything to do justice to it. When people, Africans try to do something, they get, you know, taken out, you know, without me saying too much, or they're discouraged. When I say taken out, I don't mean they get, you know, migrated, no, let's, you know, let's use our imagination uh, for the rest, you know, and, the leaders are just destroying the continent. But then again, we, we won't put all on the leaders as I think it was Femi that mentioned that or maybe Dario also mentioned it as well, is it's also a reflection of the people, you know, because the, the leaders are a reflection of the people. Who are we voting for? How are the leaders getting to that leadership position? And sometimes we do vote for the right people, but then when they get to the position, do they do the right things? our leaders puppets to some other leaders of the world because what is really going on why would a continent that has everything be the poorest and yet people from other places are coming in and buying the lands because who owns the land and who owns the sea controls you know the <laughs> the environment controls the country controls the continent or whatever the case may be so these are things we need really need to start thinking about in as much as wherever we are and we feel comfortable is home. But we also have to think about where we can lay claim to. I cannot link, lay claim to England. No. Do I have a land in England? No. The Queen is not going to give me any land. Why would she give me that? But I have land in Nigeria and I can have land in Uganda as I've been promised by, by a Ugandan friend. <laughs> you, you, you see what I mean? Can I, can I get a land or lay claim to a land in Norway? No, it's not my forefather's land. In as much as we, anywhere we feel comfortable is home, we also have to just have a, at the back of our mindset what we want to give to the future. Our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, where would they call home, literally? where would they be seen and welcome basically as a part of them of course you can be welcome anywhere and you can feel comfortable anywhere and you can call anywhere home but where your roots are 
hopefully that doesn't get taken away as a lot of things have been taken away and we are watching them being taken away thanks to the leaders that we have who do not have the foresight. So it's a very, um, it's a broad topic <laughs> that we've actually spoken about today. You know, it started with a great migration to, to Canada. Canada being an amazing country. I have been there. I love, love Vancouver. Uh, I'm hoping to go back there again. I, I enjoy Calgary. I can't say I love Calgary. It, it just reminds me of Aberdeen. <laughs> so yeah, but my I, I do have family in Calgary and I have friends in Calgary as well, like Ify as well. So yes, this, 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 this has been an interesting topic and uh, I hope we can speak more on this in a you know as time goes on and maybe we now start to, we, we need to start to start, uh, to talk about solutions you know and for me solutions starts from education and education also starts from home because what you teach from home is what translates to what kids learn, learn in school and it's also how the children can handle kids youth everyone and as we all grow can handle our lives regardless of where we go to and as Dyer said every part where he's been and he's traveled the world you know a lot of us here the a lot of you know four of us here we we've all traveled the world we've been to different places we've lived in different places we know everywhere we go to we actually see Nigerian I found my first time in Norway in 2012, I found an, an Igbo guy. I know he's Igbo because I know the Igbo accent. In the middle of nowhere in Norway. And I said, yes, that is my people. So, <laughs> so yes, anyway, lady and gentlemen, honestly, we could go on and on and on with this conversation today, but we have to come to an end as everything else that has a beginning must have an end. So thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. I personally have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. And um, I hope you have too. And I hope it's, or it, it, you know, it's opened up some thoughts for you, something for you to think about and, you know, and, and, and talk about, you know, within your social circle, even, you know, wherever you are. So thank you guys. I appreciate thank it. Thank you, Femi. Thank you, Dio. Ify, I hope you're still there. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, a big thank you to our listeners. And uh, please, we, uh, I and my friends here, we all expect you to put in your comments, you know. Let's hear from you. Let's hear what you would like us to talk about, you know, next time or some other time. Let's hear what you think. If you're African, if you're Nigerian, let's hear what you think. You know, is Canada your home now? Is United Kingdom your home? Is the Netherlands your home? Is Ghana or Rwanda your home? Let's hear from you why you've moved, why you would make it your new home. And if you ever want to go back to where you call your country, could be the Congo, could be Botswana. If you ever want to go back, what do you expect your government to, to have in place? And who are the people that are leading? And, you know, what are they put? The, what are the basic things, the basic necessities that they're making available to the people that would also make you want to go home and implement changes as well from, from, from the things you have learned and experienced in your current, you know, uh, country of residence or of nationality even. So thank you to all of you again, our listeners. And until next time, it's Bame from Blue Citron. Do enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you and goodbye.